everybody. Good to see you. Saturday night, day before church, right here. Let's talk about church real quick as we go in, as we always do. Listen, a lot of us have been saying for a month now, month and a half, two months, however long it's been, it's time for radical action. It really is. And I never thought I would say anything like I am over the last couple months in some ways. I've been saying even at the door of the church, people have talked to me about the churches that they've come from. And I just look them in the eye and I tell them that's a garbage church. And I didn't used to do things like that. As a matter of fact, they used to say things like, well, you know, and a lot of Christians do this. As long as you're going to church somewhere. Well, first of all, I no longer say that anymore. And, and second of all, I retract every last time I've ever said that. Because you're better off connecting online with a church that's preaching the gospel than attending a church in person that's not. And that's not an endorsement of COVIDology and the, all the online Zoom messages now. It's got nothing to do with that. I'm just saying you're better off attending a church online that's preaching a gospel, that's preaching the gospel, should say not a gospel. There's plenty of them preaching a gospel. You're better off connecting with the church online until God can open up a door for you to find the church in person that God wants you to go to. So just to kind of sum up with that, it's just, it's better to go to a church, whether it's online or in person than, and maybe having to drive a long distance to get to it. It's better to go to a church. You got to drive a long distance to, or you have to watch online. That's actually preaching the true gospel of Jesus, the Bible. You know, I had somebody last night, well, not last night, Thursday, put something on about one of the theological statements that I made and her backup was, is that's the Baptist doctrine. And I sent back to her a bunch of Bible verses and I said, Bible over Baptist, Bible over Catholic, Bible over Foundation Church, Bible over Pentecostal Church, Bible over the Nazarene Church. It's Bible, 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 Bible. You should be hearing a message. You should be hearing messages about sin and repentance. You should be hearing messages about hellfire and brimstone, about healing, that God wants everybody well, that God wants to prosper everything you lay your hands to the full gospel of Jesus is what you should be hearing, that you can fall away, that you can lose your salvation. You should be hearing all of those things because all of those in the Bi are in the Bible. For those that don't believe that you can lose your salvation, then explain to me the great falling away, which is called the great apostasy. And a lot of people will say, well, those people weren't saved to begin with. Well, how are they falling away then? If they aren't saved to begin with, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. Explain to me how those people aren't Christians if they're falling away. The Calvinist doctrine is, well, those people were never saved to begin with. Then it would be the great unsaved, the, the great never getting saved. It says it's the great falling away. It's the great apostasy. Apostasy is defined in the Bible dictionary as a willful rejection of Jesus by a Jesus follower. Sorry, folks. You need to go to a church that really preaches the gospel. It may make people feel better when they've got a son or a daughter that was raised in the church that got saved when they were seven years old that are now living with somebody and pregnant to be thinking, well, they're saved. They're eternally secure. That's not in the Bible. That's John Calvin made that up, burned Armenian believers who didn't believe that at the stake all the while believing that he was eternally secure. Those are what we call here on the Tom Lively podcast facts. That's what they are. So you need to go to a church that's really preaching the gospel and it's time for radical action. You may have to move. And a lot of people are like, I could never move. Listen, God wants you to be in godly fellowship. 
God wants you to be in biblical, godly fellowship. It may be time to move. You're like, there's no way. Listen, God will make a way. You'll end up better off. You cannot go to a church that they're taking your temperature when you go in there. They're believing in a lie. They're, they're, they are conforming to the pattern of the world. We've been commanded in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, to no longer conform to the pattern of the world. They're taking your temperature. If they're social distancing, if you have to make a reservation or a registration to go to church on Sunday morning, that is not your church. You may not like me saying that, but it's absolute fact. That is not your church. They are cowards. They are not, they are not adhering to biblical command. They're not adhering to biblical promise. You need to get the heck out of that church. We have never closed. We never will. I'm not saying there's many people that are watching. There's no way you can be here tomorrow. So this is not simply, I am recruiting for sure. Not for my sake, but for yours. I'm recruiting, but listen, there's people that are watching in Oregon right now. They're not going to be here tomorrow. You're going to listen. You've got to pray your way out of being dominated by a COVID world pattern following church. You can't be, you got to pray your way out. And if you have to drive, drive. If you have to move, move. But you have got to get in godly fellowship. If right now the Band-Aid is clicking on and watching me on Sunday morning, then click on and watch me on Sunday morning. Right here, Foundation Church, Inglewood, Florida. It's all on, it's flowing across the screen right now. There you go. Join, with, join me. And all those that, listen, if you're going to a covetology church, the ones that are taking temperatures and social distancing and making reservations and wearing masks, and you can be here tomorrow morning, 3385 South Access Road. 3385 South Access Road. You can throw those pictures in and out, bro. That's fine. Inglewood, Florida. Google it. Find out how far you are, are away. Tomorrow is our first time ever on a normal Sunday doing two services. We've had to. We have been jam-packed. You just saw the picture. We have no other chairs to put out. And even if we did, we've got nowhere else to put them. Look at them. They're to the wall. We're full, but we got a second message. I mean, we have a second service now. Same message, two services. Well, with me, you never know. It might be two separate messages without my mind works. But nine o'clock tomorrow morning and 1115 tomorrow morning, there will be room for you. It's going to be full. I'm believing for it to be full tomorrow in both services. But listen, it will be, listen, we will find a place for you. Google how far you are away. If you're within an hour, an hour and a half, and your only other option is going to some covetology church where they're pressing a thermometer to your forehead and you had to call ahead for call ahead seating and they're giving you mask optional seating. You have to be seated in clumps like the pictures I showed last week from a local church here. All seated in clumps together. You know, you have to bring your own chair just in case your butt cheeks spreads COVID to the other person's butt cheeks. You know, here's that picture right here. You're going to a church that looks like this. They had to bring their own lawn chairs. They got their cone, their cones set up. That is not a church that believes the Bible. That is not a church that believes in the sword of the spirit, the word of God. They are not because no plague shall draw near thy dwelling. Whatever you bind is bound. Whatever you loose is loose. Go ahead, brother. You can work those pictures in. Whatever you bind is bound. Whatever you loose is. That is not a godly church. And people may not like me saying it. Don't care. I don't care. That is not a godly church. You need to get the heck out of that freaking church now and go to a church that preaches the Bible 
And here's the thing too, secondarily, that actually adheres to the Constitution of the United States of America. Those goofy, stupid churches, they believe that they're obeying Romans 13. They're not. The Constitution trumps, listen, the Constitution trumps all your health commissioners. Doesn't trump Romans 13. It is Romans 13. The Constitution, which you're supposed to follow, following your ruling authorities is... (laughs) Is the First Amendment that applies to churches and masks and limiting your gatherings and limiting your movement? First Amendment, Fourth Amendment, Fourteenth Amendment. Those churches right there, the one that my buddy was just showing you, they're the ones that are violating right there. That's violating Romans 13. Churches like ours, put up our picture again, brother. Churches like ours are the ones that are following Romans 13. We're the ones that are obeying our ruling authorities. Our ruling authorities are the Constitution. The health commissioner is an unelected employee. Other people, I don't care who it is, even the president is an an elected employee. That's who they are. We follow the Constitution. Listen, if the president becomes unconstitutional, he gets impeached. It's the same thing with a congressman or, or a Supreme Court judge. Impeached. District Court judge. Impeached. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Or senator. If they're not going to be constitutional, they get impeached. So here's the thing. Follow the Bible first, of course. And then look to see, is your church really constitutionally viable? If they look like that, the picture where they're all separated out and they got cones set up and people wearing masks and doing all that, they're not constitutional. They're cowards. Yes, they're both C words, but they're cowards. They needed to stand up. That church that I'm showing you a picture of right now is in Florida. They were never mandated to do that. They never had to do that. They chose to do it. Why? I don't know. To save lives? Save what? 99.9% survival rate, 0.1 post-infection death rate, 60 to 70% of all people who've caught COVID never know they have it. 99% of all cases are mild, with only 1% ever being serious to critical. And you're separating yourselves and canceling everything. 40 million Americans have lost their jobs over those statistics. Seriously? People are like, well, there's 170,000 deaths. No, there's not. Those are deaths of people with COVID, not of COVID. If you actually narrowed those deaths down to true statistical data, how, what would it really be? Do people have de- it was actually found in San Diego County. They had like, they were alleging 2,000 COVID deaths. They actually ended up with 200 that were actually of COVID, not gunshot wounds with COVID happening all over the country. Don't believe that 170. It's not true. You can cut it in half. You can cut it by 70%. Whatever it is, it's not remotely true. They will. They admitted it. Deborah Burks has admitted it. The CDC has admitted it. Only one I haven't actually heard admit it is Fauci. He doesn't admit to anything because he's the one who's actually him and Bill Gates and the Wuhan Institute of Virology started this whole mess and they know it and nobody says anything about it, including Trump. I'm like, Trump should go up to Fauci and go get to a podium now and admit that it was you and Gates and the Wuhan Institute of Virology and the, and the Chinese Academy of Sciences. That's who created this virus. Absolute fact. It's exactly what they were doing. They know it. Lo and behold, it just happens. It just happens to occur. The outbreak just happened. How many of you have heard of Wuhan before this? I never heard of Wuhan before this. You? Never heard of Wuhan, China. But lo and behold, it just happens to go there where they're doing gain-of-function coronavirus bat research, right? 
Come on. I won't get into that tonight. I could spend an hour. So here we are. Day 159 of 15 days to slow the spread. Day 159. Day I'm going to put I'm uh, just warning you. Profan Christian profanity warning. I'm going to use them all tonight. Crap, bull crap and freaking. They're coming. Day 150 freaking 9 of 15 days to slow the spread. All these capitulating churches Still capitulating Republicans. Tommy, you're always picking on these people. That's right. They should know better. They should absolutely know better. I don't expect anything from Democrats. All right, first story. Here we go. Of course, one of my favorite characters in the world of covetology is, of course, getting organized here. Lori, so I can see you guys. Lori Lightfoot. Ah, yes. Lori Lightfoot, mayor of Chicago. There she is. Stay home. Any, hey, Christians, do you look like that in any way, shape, or form? I'm not talking about her skin color. I'm not talking about male or female. I'm talking about that goofy face diaper she's got on her, mask, on her face. You look like that? You shouldn't. It's all a lie. There's been seven studies of masks, of, of mask efficacy. You know what that is? Zero. They do absolutely nothing. You're trying to block an ant with a chain link fence. That's what that's that's the equivalency of it. All right. So Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot wants to protect her home from protesters. She doesn't give two craps about anybody else. But now remember now Gator got to eat. Eventually they're going to show up at your doorstep. Even if you're liberal, even if you're black, even if you're a Democrat, they will run out of perpetrators. So the other victims become perpetrators. Lori Lightfoot has probably claimed to be a victim her whole life. Well, now her victim, this isn't enough. They will come to her doorstep and she knows it. They'll come for LeBron. Do you think that they'll, that eventually they'll reach Martha's Vineyard where Brock and Michelle are? They're privileged. Eventually they will. They think that they're immune. They're not. They're not. Eventually they'll run out of, of Republicans. They'll run out of more conservative Democrats and libertarians. They'll, then they'll run out of Democrats. Then they'll run out of everybody else. And eventually they will. Knock on the door of Barack and Michelle's house in Martha's Vineyard, where they have an $11 million house on the sea, the, the very island that should be underwater according to his global warming beliefs, but that's for another night. Even as police in Chicago, this is from the Blaze and Washington Examiner, are stretched to their limit, Democratic Mayor Lori Lightfoot has allegedly ordered a continuous heavy police presence outside her home in Logan Square and banned protests on her block. She's banned them on her entire block to protect herself and her family. Play that video for me. Uh, how can you justify such a large police presence near your home at a time when police officers are stretched to the limit and working 12-hour days? And why are you enforcing a law banning protests at residential homes that has not been enforced in recent memory when protesters showed up at homes of your predecessors, including Mayor Emanuel? This is a different time like no other. And I'm not going to make any uh, excuses for the fact that the, given the threats that I personally receive, given the threats to my home and my family, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure what about everybody else's safe, homes and families um, are protected. And I, I make no apologies whatsoever for that. We are living in very different time. And I've seen the threats that have come in. And I have an obligation to keep my home, my wife, my 12-year-old, and my neighbors safe. Now you bring it back to me. 
But what about everybody else, right? Nobody else. She, she doesn't care about anybody else. She did nothing. She's done nothing. She's done nothing to try to quell the riots. She's, she's turned back federal assistance. Trump offered to send in federal law enforcement. She turned it down. She doesn't care. But when it's her safety of her and her wife, you know, again, we just galactic, immoral, democratic leadership in this country. Just immoral. You Tommy calling homosexuality immoral? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I'm not Carl Lentz. I'm, I'm, not in, I'm not these pastors that go on and they're asked point blank. Yeah, is this a sin? I'm not Joel Olstein. I'm not Lauren Daigle. When they're asked point blank, is this a sin or is it not? Is homosexuality a sin? Yes. Just read, just read Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 9. It's absolutely a sin. So yes, I'm calling her immoral. Listen, it doesn't mean that I've never sinned. I've just taken care of my sin through the blood of Jesus. She has not. She's living in a moral lifestyle with her and her wife. That needs to be protected and her twelve and their 12-year-old son that needs to be protected and just basically forget everybody else. She's done nothing to protect the citizens of Chicago. The murder rate is sky high. The shooting rate is sky high. The Democrat, onward with the Washington Examiner Blaze Post, who is black on Wednesday explained why she had ordered a ban on protests taking place on the block of her home, which now has police presence to keep her, keep demonstrators at bay. I think that residents of the city understand the nature of the threats that we are receiving on a daily basis. Understand. I have the right to make sure that my home is secure. What about threats to everybody else? It's just like the Democrats. You never notice. I'll show you some footage later. They don't ever want walls except around their own houses and their own conventions. They don't want walls anywhere else. They want walls around themselves. They don't want you to have police protection because they're all defunding the police. But lo and behold, which by the way, Lori Lightfoot, I don't know where she stands on defending, defunding the police, but most liberal mayors are for it to some degree, but they don't want it when it comes to their safety and the safety of their wife. What about, and this, this article brings up, what about the McCloskeys, the couple in St. Louis who came out and just stood in their yard with guns, didn't even point their guns at anybody. I'm not saying they didn't have the right to. I'm just saying they didn't point their guns at anybody. The article says the McCloskeys, no doubt, having gotten the message that no one is safe anymore, brought out their guns to ensure that no one trespassed onto their property. They might have just said, residents of this city understand we have the right to make sure that our home is secure. But what are they facing? Oh, just multiple felony charges brought on by the Soros prosecutor in that area. And that's a fact. Soros has bought up prosecutors all over the country, all over, everywhere. The one who is in, in charge of Jesse Smollett, she, Kim Fox, she, again, Chicago, she's a, she's a Soros prosecutor. Her, her campaign was bought and paid for by George Soros. Same thing with the McCloskeys. Who, I can't remember the name of that prosecutor right now, but the McCloskeys prosecutor bought and paid for by George Soros. Absolute fact. There, this is undeniable. This is not conspiracy theory. This is undeniable fact. It's absolutely true. The campaign finance records are what? Public record. I checked. Absolute fact. You got nothing else to do in life, Tom? No, I don't. I'm a, I am at war. Well, I don't fight. I'm not fighting with flesh and blood. I'm not fighting against flesh and blood. 
For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, but the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I'm not just for Facebook. I'm not talking about physical violence. I'm talking about spiritual warfare. Yes, I've got nothing else to do, but preach the gospel, win the lost, and heal the sick. That's all that I have to do. That's what I've been called to do. Yes, I worked as a police officer for 25 years straight, 1992 to 2017, 13-year overlap pastoring this church. I've been a busy man, and I, my, my job is, I feel like this is a different world than it was five months ago, because it is, and there is a heavy-duty attack of the enemy on this country, and I'm talking about Satan and demons, yes, absolutely. In order to carry out the orders at large... A contingent of officers have been routinely stationed outside her home. Fraternal Order of Police President John Cantanzara told the Chicago Sun-Times that there has been as many as 140 officers assigned to protecting the block of the mayor. Typical Democrats, by the way, who always want to usher in socialism, but it's an aristocracy socialism. It's they come in. And basically, they and the rest of their Politburo friends, they get all of the riches of life. There's no middle class. There's the haves and the have-nots. And they always come in preaching that's what they're trying to replace, the haves and the have-nots. And then they put themselves as the haves, and you become the have-nots. Simple as that. No middle class. From Todd Starnes, from 821. California threatens to arrest anyone who attends an indoor church service. She on the pastor of Harvest Rock Church in Pasadena, California, may soon be preaching from jail. The city prosecutor threatened to press criminal charges. Remember now, what are we on? What day 159? What they told this guy, this pastor, what they told John MacArthur, they told Rodney Howard Brown. That, you know what, and all the other pastors and all the other business owners, hey, you know what, trust us. And I remember that goof stick pastor up in Largo, Florida. I'm, I'm going to be a community partner, a good neighbor, and I'm going to trust the experts. Yeah, how you doing now, pastor? I, I know your church too, because you're social distancing, wearing masks because Pinellas County makes you wear masks, you coward. Social distancing, you have to register to go to your church service. Hey, it's only 159 of day 15. I mean, of 15 days to slow the spread, right? Promised you 15 days. How do you feel about it now? How do you feel about it now? I remember watching you, Pastor in Largo, ripping Rodney Howard Brown and Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I remember it. How do you feel now? Day 159 of 15 days to slow the spread, and you're still taking temperatures. Well, I don't know about taking temperatures. You're wearing masks in your church. Hardly anybody's there. You're begging people to come. How do you feel now? You still, you, want, you still want to trust the experts and be a community partner? You can't partner with the unsaved. Read your Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. Come on, start reading your Bible. Instead of being a community partner and a good neighbor and being on all the county commission meetings. and all. No, you can't. You're going to have to preach the gospel. You can't partner with evil. Now, I'm not saying there aren't some good gover governors and governments and city commissions, but you know you always have to draw the line. You can't be 100% in partnership with people. They're listening. Most county commissioners right here in the state of Florida support the YMCA. The YMCA supports Planned Parenthood. How do you partner with them? 
The city prosecutor threatened to press criminal charges against Pastor Xi'an, the pastor of Harvest Rock Church in Pasadena, California, against the pastor and the congregation of Harvest Rock Church. Harvest Rock has been holding indoor worship services in violation. Way to go, Harvest Rock. Yes, that's what you do. In violation of Governor Gavin Newsom's China virus orders, the congregation was also observed, oh no, oh no, not wearing masks. Oh my gosh. They were observed. Again, they're sending agents in there, of course. Just like they did with MacArthur's church, just like they did with the other, like Rob McCoy's church. I don't know about MacArthur's church. I meant Rob McCoy's church. They weren't wearing masks. Somebody was observing them, not wearing masks. Oh my gosh. Masks that do nothing. And they do nothing to stop the, a virus with a 99.9% survival rate, 0.1% post-infection death rate, 60% of the people who ever catch COVID never know they have it. But oh my gosh, watch out. You got to stop the spread of that horrible thing. The, the virus so deadly that you got to be tested to even know if you have it. And 60 to 70% of people who, who catch it never know they have it. But you got, oh my, close everything. Shut it all down. Close your church. Run for your lives, pastors. Not this pastor. The congregation was also observed not wearing masks and not complying with social distancing rules. Oh, no. Horrible. All of these violations of the law. Prosecutor. Here we go. Draconian prosecutor. Michael Dowd wrote in a threatening letter to the church. The governor also says churches may not hold indoor services and Christians may not sing. This Do you hear this? Past, complying, capitulating pastors in your social distance, in your alcohol gel stations and your churches. This is what you wanted. This is your community partnership now. You're partnering with these people. I want to be a good neighbor. Won't you be my stupid neighbor? Yeah, you, you just complied. Grabbed those ankles as quick as you could. And you weren't bent over far enough. They told you bend over some more. And then you said, oh, you know what? I'll grab my toes for you. They're not allowed. Look, I mean, listen. And Christians, according to Governor Newsom, are not to sing songs or recite the Lord's Prayer even at home Bible studies, it's covered in the order. Your compliance with these orders is not discretionary. It's mandatory. State attorney Dowd wrote each day. He wrote in violation is a separate violation and carries with it a potential punishment of up to one year in jail and a fine for each violation. The city then threatened to arrest the entire congregation. Any violations in the future will subject your church owners, administrators, operators, staff, and parishioners to up, up to the above mentioned criminal penalties, as well as the potential closure of your church for a 99.9% survival rate, 0.1 post-infection death rate, 60% of people who caught COVID never know they have it. 99% of all COVID cases are mild. And that's what you pastors are threatened with arrest and have been arrested. Ask Tony Spell in Louisiana. Ask Rodney Howard Brown right here in Tampa. Huh? It's a good, good community partnerships going on out there. Tom, isn't there anything else to talk about? Not right now. I mean, I will talk about some other things. What do you want? What is, our country is on the brink, folks. And it's all because, and you're like, Tommy, you keep saying the stats over and over again. I'm doing that on purpose. I'm not being redundant for redundant sake. I want you to have them memorized. I want you to know 99.9% survival rate. What's the worst survival rate put out there? It's put out there by the CDC. 
What's that? Oh, is that like a 50% survival rate? Oh, you know, he's probably 80% survival rate. It's a 99.74 survival rate is what the CDC has. Post-infection death rate. 99%. They have a 0.26 post-infection death rate. Two-tenths of 1% of people who catch COVID die of it. That's their post-infection death rate coming from the Center of Disease Control. Robert Redfield. Fact. Absolute fact. Go right now. You can stop listening to me and go and check it for yourself. All right, here we go. Onward to my other favorite group of people. I love all the science experts out there, all the county commissioners, all the health commissioners and health czars that are out there. Almost all of them, of course, this is why I can't stand seeing Republicans and churchgoers scared of COVID when you shouldn't be or just submitting when you shouldn't be because I'm a Romans 13 Christian. No, you're a capitulating coward. That's what you are. Sorry. Facts. I know you hate me. It's facts. Here's the perfect summation of the Democratic Party right here. Put up that picture. There you go. This was put up by citizen Martin Hyde. If you don't follow him, you can right here. It's Sarasota citizen Martin Hyde on Facebook. Awesome. Really good. He's um, just actually was up for city commissioner in the city of Sarasota. Didn't win. It's hard to break in there. It's all liberals, but that's the perfect summation. Put that back up. I just want to, there it is. Now that if you look anything like that, you got doctor, allegedly Jill Biden, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris and Kamala Harris's husband, who is either a CEO or an attorney for big pharma. I can't remember which. What a shock. Can't believe he's deeply embedded into big pharma as the husband of Kamala Harris. What a shock. Isn't it? But it absolutely. It's absolutely the picture. Perfect summation of the democratic party if you look like that in other words if you strapped on a face diaper you need to repent simple as that now here's an interesting another interesting summation put out by dinesh d'souza he actually put out they said this is the dream of this is my own summation of his thoughts the dream of the democratic party this is what the democratic party wants sports to look like in the united states play that video for me Look at this guy. I want you. I'm just gonna let it play up. This here you go. Watch. Look at him cover. Look at this. I mean. <laughs> okay. You <laughs> bring it back to me. Woo! No kidding. Now this, and they've already got their dream a lot. There's sports now. You got Fauci who gets to go to a ball game. Him, you know, all by himself, and it was a DC, I think. And he gets to go and watch a game all alone in the stands. It's like a perfect aristocrat elitist. Fauci's there, sitting there, mask free, the only one in the stands after opening day of MLB. You got all the other cardboard cutouts there, but Fauci gets to sit there by himself, just like all the other elitists. That's what they want. What's good for me is not good for thee. That's how they are. All right, ratings for the DNC, Democratic National Convention, down 48% from four years ago. Down 48% in ratings. And uh, here's the good part. Ratings for Trump, you know, his poll numbers went up 4% for the week. Thank you. Thank you, Democrats. Really do appreciate it. 
All right, now on the totalitarian front, I want to talk about New Zealand. Let me say it to everybody first. Let me scroll down and see who's on here. Okay, now it's not me. This thing's not moving. I want it for the record. I want everyone to see me. Try to scroll that thing. All right, now why would... Okay, it scrolled once you picked it up. <laughs> okay, for the record, it was me. <laughs> Okay, why is it not scrolling again? Okay, here it is. All right, all right, we're on. We're good. I think I'm pushing too hard. <laughs> Believe it or not, I don't know. These hands aren't always real nice. Everyone be quiet in the studio. Be quiet in the studio. <laughs> all right, let me say hey to everybody. Hey, Douglas, my brother from Oregon. Hey, Steve M., love you, brother. Glad you're on. Hey, Natalie, glad you're on. Natalie K., glad you're on. Michael D., glad you're on. Hey, Don Oh, God bless you. Glad you're on. Hey, Jenny D. Glad you're on. Patrina C. Glad you're on. God bless you. Hey, Helen D. You see some new people on here. Oliver R. God bless you. Glad you're on. Virginia M. Glad you're on. Renee L. Love you. God bless you. Glad you're on. Talk to you sometimes. Gary G. Glad you're on. Shira from church. Love you. Gina from church. Love you. Alan G. Glad you're on. God bless you. Hey, Brett P. Glad you're on. Barbara with a really long name from California. Love you. God bless you. Keep fighting the good fight out there in the People's Republic. Go to one of these churches that's fighting the good fight. God bless you guys. Hey, Alex from church. God bless you. Hey, Cheryl A. God bless you. Who else we got on here? There we got her. I got my wife chiming in now. This isn't free run for you now to say whatever you want. All right, Kelly E. Glad you're on. Dennis from church. God bless you, brother. Glad you're on. Mary D, glad you're on. Let's see, Wes, glad you're on, brother. Deanna, Diana A, glad you're on. Enorma, glad you're on. David R, glad you're on. Hey, Connie K, glad you're on. Got a bunch of names here. Clarissa R, glad you're on. Betty B, glad you're on. Hey, Sarah J. Hey, Wanda B, glad you're on. Natalie K, Trish, glad you're on. God bless you guys. James, Rachel, God bless you guys. I really do appreciate you watching. Now, I wanted everybody to do me a favor right now. Okay, we got over 100 people watching. Hit like and share. Hit like and share right now. We got to fight the good fight. Also against the totalitarians that are over social media. So like and share. Yes, it'll cost your friends when they see my chubby face yelling at them, but it's all right. You'll be all right. They're hearing the gospel and they're hearing the truth. All right, now, on our further Stalinist, totalitarian, draconian watch, we are out going next last on on Thursday. We covered Australia. Well, let's go go right next to basically their sister country, right next door, and that is New Zealand. We have to pay attention to this stuff because if we're not careful, it'll come over here. How many times I said this on Thursday? But how many times have you heard people that are for gun confiscation citing Australia? Well, the Australians did it. They confiscated all their weapons. Yeah, their violent crime rate went through the roof, but that's beside the point. All right, from Auckland, New Zealand, from August 13th. So what is today, 22nd? So about nine days ago, the government of New Zealand has announced that all COVID-19 infected citizens, I don't know how many of you heard this, and possibly close relatives with them will be taken and placed in mandatory quarantine facilities now this is a democratic country 
elections, uh, capitalism. I'm trying to think of all the words that describe it. It's basically the United States and what they're, let me read it to you again. COVID-19 infected citizens and possibly their close relatives with them will be taken and placed in mandatory quarantine facilities. This is from Life Site News 813. Play the video for me. As part of our national response to this new outbreak, you gotta crank it way out on this guy. Medical officers of health that yeah. all cases, confirmed cases, are to be managed in a quarantine Can you guys hear it out there? Now, this is different to how positive cases were managed when we were last at levels four and indeed three, and shows how serious we are about limiting any risk of ongoing transmission, even in self-isolation and including to others in the household. This will apply to any cases and also close family members who might be at risk as appropriate. A reminder, these facilities has been, have been set up specifically and have excellent processes and resources in place to look after people with COVID-19, including health staff on site at all times. And it will help us avoid any further inadvertent spread into the community as part of our overall response. Thank you, bring it back to me. Uh, any spread into our community today? And what I meant. They all sound like this, and they all talk like this, and they're very non-threatening. That was Director General Health Dr. Ashley Bloomfield. And that's who everybody's trusting, right? And, I, and you're like, Tom, you're always blasting these people. Yeah, I'm blasting the pastors that capitulated to guys like that. It's, I wonder if D Director General of Health, Dr. Ashley Bloomfield, is an elected person. He has all the power. He, he's, he, I'm going to read it to you again. Will be taken and placed in mandatory quarantine facilities. Bloomberg adds that the government reported a total. Get this now. Here, here is the grievous threat the apocalyptic threat you ready that the government reported a total of 13 new cases thursday 13 new cases bringing the national total to 36 current everybody hear it? 36 current active cases 19 of those cases come from people who tested positive after returning from overseas travel so right now they have currently in their entire country 36 COVID cases. And I know all the liberals, all the capitulating, mask-wearing, virtue-signaling Republicans and churchgoers are going to say, well, that's because they quarantine, and that's because they locked down. You can't quarantine a virus. Sorry, you can't. It's going to spread. It's, you cannot. It's gonna, it doesn't just die off. What? Why do we still have the common cold, which is a coronavirus? Why is there no cure for it? I mean, how long is the cold? I mean, listen, I'm 51 years old. I've had numerous colds throughout my life. I've bound them since then. I never get sick anymore, but I've had numerous colds. All right. Why is there no cure for that? It's a coronavirus. And they're claiming they're going to have a cure for this one inside of a year. Yeah, right. They've only had, uh, let's see, since the beginning of time. To come up with a the first coronavirus cure, which is the common cold, which they haven't, which they won't for this one either, which they haven't for flu either, by the way. Oh, I've got I get the flu vaccine every year. People say it doesn't do anything because the flu morphs all the time, just like COVID-19 is mutating all the time. So you create a vaccine for the A mutation and it's on the D mutation. By the time you get the shot, it does nothing. Same thing with the flu. It's pointless. It's absolutely pointless. 
But they, that's what people say. It's because they quarantine. It's not. What's going to happen is that this this virus, whether they whether they make it spread out over two years, three years, five years, ten years, as they've crashed their economy, they're absolutely devastated with unemployment. Four percent of their economy is tourism. It's all gone. Am I? I mean, a lot of a lot of people don't think about this stuff. You know, you, you sit there. I'm glad the sports are back on. You're watching baseball with its empty stadiums, or you're watching whatever the NBA and their current and their bubble that they play in with no fans. And everyone's like, well, you know, or, or UFC with no fans. Oh, it's all the same. You, you don't think about people that all of you that are um, to kick back and watch sports and enjoy my life. And you're allegedly the ones that really care about people, right? Cause you're wearing your mask to slow the spread and you're doing it to save lives. Right. But you don't care about the people. What about the person who works at these various arenas with person selling you know, all the food, selling all the drinks. What about all the concessions? What about those people? What about the people parking cars? What, I mean, all those, the jobs are gone. 40% of all businesses in the United States, small businesses are closed. Are you aware of that? 40 to 50% are closed. 40% permanently all over. Here it comes again, a 99.9% survival rate, 0.1% post-infection death rate, 60% of the people who catch COVID never know they have it. And because of that, we've done all this. Come on. Like many other nations, New Zealand's response to COVID-19 has raised concerns over civil liberties. Uh, Yeah. Particularly keeping churches closed while allowing secular entities to reopen. And get this last sentence, in March... In the midst of their lockdowns, law, lawmakers also voted to decriminalize abortion. Oh, there! Yep, good job, Pastor. Here's who your community. Here's your community partner. Nice job, brilliant, nice work. Leading all of your all your flock and people that you pastor, telling everybody to be a good community partner while they legalize abortion. Oh, but it's just about controlling a disease, right? It's all about saving lives. Oh, as they save the lives of their 36 COVID cases, how many people have been aborted? Hypocritical monsters. That's the Democratic Party, by the way. All right, here's another perfect COVID COVID summation by Buck Sexton. Put that tweet up for me. The New York City government response to a disease for which the biggest risk, this now, big, biggest risk factors our advanced age and high body mass index is shutting down gyms. <laughs> I mean, come on, let me get it. The New York City government, their response to a disease for which the biggest risk factors are advanced age and high body mass index. In other words, you're heavy. Their answer to that, when you're great, you keep keep up the tweet. They're great at that. Their response to a disease that attacks people who are overweight and older, their answer to it is to shut gyms down and shut down indoor recreation until a vaccine while telling us to put on porous cloths over our mouths were ruled by morons. That's correct. What the problem is, is that we're actually not ruled by them. The problem is, is that people bent over, grabbed their ankles and capitulated to the morons. Tom, you shouldn't call people morons. I have no problem calling people how they live. Listen, there's been times where my label was stupid. I've acted stupid. I've lived stupid. I've lived stupid recently. I'm just saying that it is. I don't mind. 
If someone came up to me and said, you know what, you're living the life of a stupid idiot, and it's true, I'll look them in the eye and say, you know what, you're right, I am living the life of a stupid idiot, and I'm going to repent. All right, here we go. Virginia Health Commissioner says he'll mandate a COVID-19 vaccine. Play that video for me. Virginia's health commissioner says he plans to mandate a coronavirus vaccine when it's made available to the public. A bill being considered during this ongoing special session would allow people to opt out, at least some folks. WFXR's Capitol Bureau reporter Jackie DeFusco breaks it all down. If you presumably still are the commissioner of health when a vaccine is made available to the public, do you intend on mandating it? Uh, yes. Commissioner of Health Dr. Norman Oliver says he strongly opposes a bill that would allow people with a religious opposition to opt out of an otherwise required COVID-19 vaccine. It's killing people now. We don't have a treatment for it. And if we develop a vaccine that can um, prevent it from spreading in the community, we will save hundreds and hundreds of lives. Currently under state law, only people with a medical exemption could refuse a mandate. Dr. Oliver says he doesn't know what the punishment would be for noncompliance. I think the overwhelming majority of people would in fact um, respond well. Wrong. Suggests more than one in three Americans aren't interested in getting a coronavirus vaccine. Though health officials say it's only safe, the speed at which it's being developed has spooked some Virginians. Chesterfield mother of three, Kathleen Madeira says for her, it's a matter of medical choice. This is not a Republican or Democrat issue. It's not a yeah, pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine issue. Um, for me, it's an issue yeah, of being is. able to assess each vaccine for myself and my family one at a time. Dr. Oliver says in the case of the coronavirus, public health should take precedent over choice. He shouldn't actually be the <laughs> one person to make a decision for all of Virginians. Reporting at the Capitol. All right, back to me. Cusco, Public w health news. Now that bill should that supersede choice. It, this and nobody sees. I know that those most of you who are watching see this, but nobody sees that COVID-19 is a vehicle to come in and control your life. He, he's against this, this health He's, he's elected. I heard that in the story. He's elected, so there's a chance he'll be unelected. However, this one person comes in and has and says, you know what, if it's up to him, and it would be, in cur under current state law in Virginia, it's up to him. He can mandate that all citizens of Virginia get a vaccine. All right, so what? nobody can see that COVID-19 was used as a vehicle to usher in controlling your life. They're just trying to save your life. What lives exactly is it taking? Do you, do you I, I don't have the stats in front of me for Virginia, but hardly anybody in Virginia has died of COVID-19. If you look at, if you absolutely, if you pull up, it's been a while since I've gone state by state because there hasn't been really any, that many new deaths in the state of Virginia. There hasn't been any many new deaths, statistically speaking, in any state. But yet here they are. Here we are, day 159, and you've got these little totalitarian Stalinists around wanting to mandate. Now, that people, are, people are saying it'll never be mandated. They're talking about mandating it right there in the state of Virginia. Governor Ralph Northam, they're talking about it. This is the real deal, folks. This is the real deal. You better vote correctly, and you better pray correctly, and you better civilly disobey correctly. From the New York Post, 820. New election. Remember, what, what do the Democrats want? What the Democrats want is for there to be a total mail-in election, right? Mail-in. Everything mail-in. But don't worry. Again, hey, hey, pastors, you can you can partner with them too, right? You trust them? I heard this pastor talking the other day. I'm talking about Second Amendment and vote for Republicans. And he's a mask wearer. 
He's a, he's a, you know, social distancer, closed his church. So is your fight going to be when the second amendment, when they come in and take your second amendment? Because he was like, when they tell us then we can no longer preach the gospel, then we're going to fight. What are you going to do when they come and take your guns? Then pastor, that's not going to be your fight either. Okay. Nice work. From the New York Post, 820, new election ordered in New Jersey. Race marred by voter fraud charges. Patterson, New Jersey, a judge has ruled that a new election will be held in November for a disputed Patterson City Council seat just weeks after the race's apparent winner and a sitting councilman were charged with voter fraud. Can that happen when people are going to the polls? Not very often. State Superior Court Judge Judge Ernest Capincella issued his ruling Wednesday. Alex Mendez had won a special election on May 12th to fill the seat, but claims of voter fraud were soon raised. An investigation was then launched after the U.S. Postal Service's law enforcement arm told the state attorney general's office about hundreds of mail-in ballots located in a mailbox in Patterson, along with more found in nearby Heliden. Oh, but just trust the Democrats. It'll all be on the up and up. You, know, you can just trust them. Just go ahead and trust them. There he is. You can just go ahead and trust them. Everything will be nice and safe and secure. There won't be any abuses. There won't be any fraud. How many of these stories? How many of these stories has there been? And yet you'll still get the absolute devoid of all principal media and democratic politicians stand in front of a camera and still they will still say, trust us. It'll be completely and totally safe and secure. It'll be valid. There will be no fraud. There will be no abuses. There will be no disappearing ball ballots. There won't be any ballots turning up in trunks of cars, all of which has happened, all of which just has happened, all of which just happened in the state of New York. Come on. All right, Portland became a battleground. It's from the Gateway Pundit 822. On Saturday, as Patriots clashed with the militant left Antifa and Black Lives Matter rioters. With the, this is the funny thing about the very short video I'm about to show you in a second. In one of the more hilarious videos to come out of the chaos, and listen for the voices when I show this to you, and there might be profanity in there too, just as a warning, I never know. A Black Lives Matter militant can be heard whining about how the police are just standing there as the extremist leftists get their butts handed to them by the Patriots. That's what the article said. Play it for me. That's right. That's the way you guys have wanted it. You know what? Be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever man sows that shall he also reap. Enjoy it. Enjoy the lawlessness. All the people that want anarchy. Are you sure? Are you the strongest? Are you the toughest? Are you the most well-armed? Are you sure you want anarchy when the cops just stand there? That's what you've trained them to do. Just like all the pastors that closed their churches, you trained everybody to stay home. And now you're online going, hey, if you can go to Home Depot and you can go to Lowe's and you can go to Walmart, then you should be coming to church. Not pastor. That's what you trained them to do when you closed your church. Good work. All right. This is from Doug. This is a Doug Collins Facebook post. 
I call it the seven morons. He did not call it that. He put up that Facebook post for me. There you go. Worst Zoom ever. He calls them clowns. These clowns want to defund the police, stop construction of President Trump's wall, and tear down our monuments. And he puts not on my watch. Listen, Doug Collins is running for Senate in the state of Georgia against Kelly Loeffler in the primary. Vote Doug Collins, Georgia. Vote Doug Collins. That man is a Christian pastor. Solid. Trump warrior, Trump defender, you got to vote Doug Collins. Seriously. You're like, Tom, you shouldn't take sides. Don't care. Vote Doug Collins. He's a true man. All right, back to that original picture for me, just so I get all the names out. In that picture, you got Spartacus going left to right, my left to right. Spartacus, Cory Booker. You got Pete Buttigieg. I don't know where his husband is. Not currently pictured. (laughs) <laughs> then you've got this is your democratic party ladies and gentlemen i can't see how anybody would vote. there's christians who call themselves christians who vote for these people and all of them are baby butchering absolute monsters every one of them smiling and acting like they care about people all right next up in the purple barney amy klobuchar here's the tweet get that video ready for me Here's a tweet that I just had to go back in time and share this with you. I I think this is the hardest that I laughed in 2019. I actually do think this is the hardest I laughed. This President Trump put out this tweet when Amy Klobuchar announced that she was running for president. He He went, well, it happened again. Amy Klobuchar announced that she is running for president. Talking proudly, hey, put it up with no volume while I'm talking for just, well, you know, no, because I, I know you got a cute, never mind. Talking proudly of fighting global warming while standing in a virtual blizzard of snow, ice, and freezing temperatures. Bad timing. By the end of her speech, she looked like a snow woman. Play the, play the video for me. Nice. Here's another one. Listen. Climate change. <laughs> the people, the people are on our side when it comes to climate change. Why? Because like you and I, they believe in science. <laughs> That's why in the first 100 right, days of my just gotta skip ahead and show how she turns into a snow woman. Ready? Hit it, hit it. <laughs> Look at her, slowly being transformed into a snow woman. <laughs> there she is, there we go, there you go. Just I want everybody to see that. That's Amy Klobuchar. Next time, put the picture back up. Next on our list, is Beto O'Rourke. There he is, far right. Look at that goofy grin on his face. Now, Beto's an interesting one. You got that video ready for Beto? There you go. Beto now is Mr. Gunn. And now he's been said, not not been said by me, not been said by Trump, but by Joe Biden himself, that he will be in charge of Joe Biden's gun policy. Play the video for me. I'm example, Joe Biden and Robert Francis, or as I like to call them, Roach number one and Roach number two. This guy can change the face of what we're dealing with, with regard to guns, assault weapons, with regard to dealing with climate change. And I just want to warn an enemy, if I win, I'm coming for it. <laughs> Back when Robert Francis said this, Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. Everyone in the Democratic Party was like, oh no, we don't agree with him. He went too far. We're not that extreme. We just want common sense gun measures. No one's trying to take your guns. 
They all did this fake distancing themselves from Beto, not because they thought his stance was too extreme, but because he actually said it out loud and they want the appearance of reasonable common sense gun control so that they can get in the office and actually push extreme forms of gun control. Now that Biden is yeah, looking like he's gun There you go. That's, I just want you to know who the Democratic Party is. And there, here's the thing. Allegedly, I don't know if the numbers are accurate or not, but what I read was, and this is, I mean, it's a true article, that 56 million evangelicals didn't vote in the last election. That's why you've got to like and share this video. Get this out right now. Hit it right now. Like and share. Get this out to as many people, Democrat or Republican, that love their guns. I love my guns. I'm never going to relinquish my guns. I'm just putting it out there. You can draw from that whatever you'd like. I am never, ever going to relinquish my firearms to Bateau or anybody else ever in life. Next person on that on our picture, our grouping of clowns, down there is Bernard Sanders, old three-house Bernie, the socialist. Now, here's the thing with that. I want you to get this. Do you know, I've told you, I, got, I put out a list... A couple of weeks ago, here it is. And there's the different things that you need to, the different people, the different organizations. I put the Democratic Party. Of course, I put Joe Biden. But one of the things I didn't put on there was the Biden-Sanders unity platform. There it is. Biden-Sanders unity platform. Former Vice President Joe Biden and Senator Bernie Sanders released the policy recommendations of their for those people who think, well, Biden's, you know, he's he's a moderate. <laughs> Please. The recommendations of their unity task force on Wednesday. This was back in July. It's actually July 9th, not very long ago. Here it is. Rejoin the Paris Climate Agreement on day one. Shift the entire fleet of 500,000 school buses to American main zero emission alternatives in five years. End cash bail. Stop the practice of arresting children for behaviors ought to be handled in the principal's office. We will repeal so-called right-to-work laws. In other words, you aren't in a union, you're out. Democrats will recognize, that's why we have no school right now, because teachers are refusing to teach. And by the way, if you're not going to answer police calls and you're not going to teach, I want my money back. Democrats will, number six, Democrats will recognize unions with majority sign-up via so-called car check processes. Number seven, oppose private school vouchers. This is Joe Biden and the Bernie Sanders pack. Let me read it. the unity task force fact July 7th this year, July 9th this year, this came out oppose private school vouchers provide a public option towards universal health care and the border wall and provide a roadmap to citizenship for millions of undocumented workers. There you go. Simple as that. That's Joe Biden. He's partnered with these people. He's no moderate. He's a monster, folks. He is somebody that wants babies to be aborted in the birth canal. That's Joe Biden. Mr. Caring, I'm going to save lives by wearing my stupid mask around. 
But I'm all for, even though allegedly there's 170,000 deaths from COVID, which is bogus, bunch of crap that is. However, no matter what, there's 1.2 million babies butchered every year in the womb in America. And now outside the womb in America, what, what, where's his caring and his compassion? I've said this to a family relative of mine espousing her compassion at the border. Oh, I'm so compassionate. Oh, really? The three-year-old that got separated from his mother at the border, you're fine with killing him three years and a day ago while he was inside his mother's womb. You are perfectly fine with killing him. I think he choose me over you. And you're like, like that little health commissioner from New Zealand and his soft pedaled words and he's going to do this and it's okay and this is going to be our no you know I think he choose me a loud mouth that he'd actually actually get to live with instead of you who kill him in the womb but then then espouse your compassion later on your empathy later on yeah right so those are the seven the last two are of course put the picture up Pocahontas looking down and Andrew Yang. Awesome folks. They are. That's all. That was a, a DNC zoom meeting. Gosh, I hate zoom meetings. All right. From Bongino, eight seventeen. group of liberals meet in person. Get this now group of liberals meet in person to protest against voting in person. <laughs> Anybody like to me? Did everybody hear that? Let me just read it to you. you. You can see my facial expressions. Group of liberals meet in person to protest against voting in person. That's your 2020 Democratic Party. On Sunday, crowds gathered in front of, postma- of the Postmaster General's home, which they're all doing now. Feel free. They just show up <clears throat> at people's homes anytime they feel like it. They've shown up at senators' homes. They've come and found Mitch McConnell. They've shown up at cops' houses. That's all fair game now. So I guess it's fair game for us. I'm not saying for us to do anything violent, but you know what? I guess we can go stand in front of Lori Life. Oh, wait, we can't. She's got 140 cops blocking us. Oh, that's right. We can't do that. Yeah. Protesters in the street, right in front of their house. All right, from Red State 822. This is what they say. And there it is. You put up that first picture for me. World Health Organization director uses COVID to push worldwide climate change agenda. This is what I told you on Thursday. You read about it. Go to the website. The Great Reset. The Great Reset is all about resetting our entire world into a socialist utopia led by Prince Charles. And many other socialist utopians. Remember now, they'll still be rich. They'll just there will just be the haves and the have-nots. That is, you can go there. They're not hiding it. They will tell you this is the opportunity of a lifetime. COVID. All the pastors that are and Christians that are partnering with these people. The opportunity of a lifetime to control you. Bring it back to me. Why do you think that they endlessly get caught? All the time, all the various liberals, even Neil Ferguson of the Imperial College, who put out the models saying that two to four million Americans would die of COVID. He himself gets caught violating his own lockdown, going off and having an adulterous affair with another woman. They don't care. Chris Cuomo gets caught maskless, violating his quarantine. 
George Stephanopoulos gets caught violating his quarantine over and they don't, they know that's all about controlling you and ushering in their socialist utopia. You may be like, why would anybody want to control people? I don't know. I don't know. I have no interest. I was a cop for 25 years and I had some measure of control of people when I had to, but man, I didn't want it. I didn't want the calls to come. These people love it. That's what they live for. They want to control you. They want to abolish the church of Jesus Christ. Because if Jesus is your Lord, they can't be. It's all about you. All you people thinking you're saving lives and you're helping people save lives. 99.9% survival rate. Same as the flu. Where are your actions during the flu season? Like that health commissioner out of Virginia. We know that this is killing people. Well, so is the flu. And you never forced a vaccine for the flu. Did you? See, it's just this is an open door for the Stalinists to come in. Listen, it's an open door for demons and demonic powers to come in and try to close the church. Demonic powers controlling and using willful people, willing people that are already open to killing other people anyway. They're abortionists. They're baby butchers. They're fully open to the devil. Coming in and ushering in the mark of the beast. Ushering in the new world order. It's going to happen. So Christians look at me sometimes and they're like, man, you're crazy. You're a radical. Am I? Am I? I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Read, read Revelation chapter 13, please read it. It's going to happen. Whether you think I'm radical or not, whether you think it's applicable to this time or not, it's going to happen. When you have biotech, digital tattoos being worked on as we speak, absolute fact, Gavi MasterCard, in partnership with Bill Gates is absolutely going on in Africa right now. They won't even deny it. Google it. They're not, they won't deny it. But here you have it. The world health director, world health organization director. I never really get his name down, but it's general Tetros Adhanam Gabriasis, 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 something like that. There he is. Listen to the last couple seconds of this video. The pandemic has given us a glimpse of our world as it could be. Cleaner skies and rivers. Did everybody hear that? He said, coronavirus has given us a view of what our world could be. Cleaner skies and cleaner rivers. What is, uh, explain to me how coronavirus has anything to do with the skies and water. Explain that to me. But that's exactly what the Great Reset's about, too. Prince Charles says it on their website. Prince Charles says it. This is an opportunity that we have that we have never been presented with before. That is what this is all about. It is as simple as that. And we as Christians, people always ask me, what are we to do? You are to resist. I don't mean the goofy, stupid, you know, resistance of the Democratic party towards Trump. That's just evil garbage. I'm talking about James four, seven, submit yourselves. Therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. The word resist in the Hebrew and in the Greek means to actively fight against. That's what we are to do. In other words, get your stupid mask off and never put it on and never close your church. Stand up. If that means you end up with your hands behind your back and getting carted off to jail, take your pinch like a man, like Rodney Howard Brown, like Tony, like Tony Spell. Do what you're called to do.
Book of Revelation speaks of Christians being, in chapter 2, speaks of Christians being thrown into prison. It can happen, folks. Well, that would, you know, then I couldn't take my kid to practice and take my daughter to her flute appointment. Okay, I, I think Jesus is more important. I, I know that's shocking for a lot of Christians who think a bouncing ball is God. But Jesus is God. From Sarah Carter. Hypocritical DNC. That's what I told you I was going to get to later on. Builds a wall for security. Remember, you heard earlier in the Biden Bernie pack, the old BB. Dumb, this should be DD for dumb and dumber. You can pick which one. But in the Bernie and Biden pack, remember, they're going to stop walls immediately. No walls, man. Absolutely no wall. You know where Eric Garcetti, mayor of Chicago, lives? Behind a wall. In a massive mansion. Yeah, there he is. What did I say? Oh, yeah, L.A. Mayor, mayor Garcetti of L.A., Los Angeles. I'm getting him confused. Lori Lightfoot of Chicago. I don't know. that She must not have a wall because she had to get the cops out. Well, anyway, Sarah Carter, hypocr hypocritical DNC, builds a wall for security. Elijah Schaefer, he goes by on Twitter, so pull, pull his stuff up. Elijah Riot. When you hate the police and wall, you put up that picture for me. When you hate the police, this is the picture he put underneath his tweet. When you hate the police and walls so much that you use the police and walls to protect you. Those are the wall, the wall materials. You see the wall being circled to your left and there's the wall materials. And then the cop protecting the people who are building the walls. When you hate the police and walls so much that you use the police and walls to protect your event. DNC. And he puts hashtag defund the police. <laughs> hashtag bridges, not walls. Love this guy, Elijah Wright. Awesome. Play the video for me. There's the great unwashed. Now you stay behind your wall. You stay behind your wall, great unwashed. Now that's Biden and Kamala showing up. But you get behind that wall, you great unwashed. You have nots. You stay behind the wall with all the other walled out people. That's the Democrats. That's who they really are. They speak about their compassion and their empathy. Are you an empathetic Christian too? Are you one? Or are you a Bible Christian? Their empathy. Empathy just means understanding the feelings of another and then espousing them. No, thank you. No, thank you. I'd rather love than empathize. Love is the Bible. That's speaking the truth too. Mixed in it. Love, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 through 8. Love rejoices in what's true. From the Bongino Report. Joe Biden's DNC acceptance speech gets 21% lower ratings than Clinton in 2016. Hillary Clinton's speech in 2016 was previously the most boring thing I've ever seen ever in life was that speech. And Biden trumped it. Congratulations, Joe. It is also more than 38% lower than President, Trump, President Trump's acceptance speech at the Republican convention four years ago, which drew 34.9 million voters. Joe Biden had about 21 million watching, which I'm like, how could that, you know, I think there was a lot of people watching just to see if he'd flub it up really bad. That's the only reason why I get any viewership at all. All right. This is from Tucker Carlson. This is a sad video. It really is, but it shows you what the Democrats shoot for. They shoot for it. Then they get it. And then they don't like that they got it. Play the video for me. As we just saw, violence in the city of Seattle has escalated. It's been going on for months now. On Sunday night, 18 people were arrested near a police union building 
riders threw bottles and fireworks. Several police officers were injured. That's a phrase we've uttered a lot on this show. Some officers are tired of being used for target practice, and they've had enough. Watch. Not really. You're around. Oh, well, I'm sorry for that, but don't worry, man, because guess what? I'm leaving. You guys won. Fucking two months, baby. I'm out. You're about to resign? Bro. What's it, what's it, what's what, how you feeling about that? You're you're about to resign? I'm feeling great. You're about to resign or what? Yeah, I'm feeling great. Is that what you're saying? Yes, yes. I am leaving this department. You guys won. So there it turns you go. out, Back you know, there you go. A police officer in Seattle, you won. We're gone. You know why? You see, the thing is, I know cop speak. Obviously, I know what he's doing. He was he was resigning from there because he got a job somewhere else. And I would too. I'm telling you right now, if you work in Portland, get the heck out of there, cops. Resign. Now, listen, there's plenty of other places to work. I have an article. I won't get to it tonight. I know because I'm looking at my stack and it's already uh, 9.40. So I know I'm not going to get to it. But Houston is begging people, hey, you resign from your city? Come on down here. Do it. Get the heck out of Portland. They will ring you up and charge you with murder. If you kill one of those Antifa people, they will. Well, listen, it could be the most justifiable shooting. Well, Garrett Roth's shooting in Atlanta was the most justifiable shooting. That's the one with the taser incident at the Wendy's. Everybody might have forgotten about, but you got Keisha Bottoms in charge of that city. And by the way, the district attorney, my wife told me, read the article to me, the district attorney that charged Garrett Roth in Atlanta with felony homicide lost his reelection bid. Ha, you jerk. You got what you deserved. And he, but Garrett Roth shot that guy completely as the man shot a taser at his face. So he shot the man, the most textbook justifiable shooting that very state attorney, not a few days or a few months or a few weeks before, but this year stated that if that tasers are deadly force. And then when deadly force is used against an officer and then deadly force is returned, he 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 charges the officer with felony murder, that's the, that's, the, that's the system in many of these cities now. That is where it's at. That's the system that's governing you, governing you, officers. I'm fellow cop right here, 25 years. I would never stay in the, in the city of Atlanta under Keisha Bottoms. I would never, ever stay in the city of Portland under Ted Wheeler, ever. Not for two seconds. Get the heck out of there. You've got to flee. Go ahead, put his picture up. That's the. This is the ignoramus right here. Lost his election bid. Who charged Garrett Roth with felony murder for the most justifiable? It's all on video. Bring it back to me. It's all on video. The most justifiable shooting I have ever seen. We'd use it as a textbook shooting video. In my opinion, in our in in training in law enforcement, when we used to, you know, obviously when we do our routine training. A textbook, and he charged him with felony murder. Get out of Atlanta. Get out of Portland. Get out of Minneapolis. They will ring you up. You'll you could spend the rest of your life in prison. Never see your wife and kids again outside of through a six-inch glass wall. To think about it, it's for real. They don't care. You've got to understand that monster that my buddy just put on the screen. That monster does not care. You care. You have a conscience. You couldn't put somebody in prison for the rest of their life and sleep like a baby at night. Barack Obama's fine with it. Joe Biden is fine with it. They're responsible for it. 
They were going to put General Flynn in prison for doing nothing. George Papadopoulos, Roger Stone, and, and Paul Manafort. They don't care. I've said this a bunch of times and I just say it again because I hope this gets to the people that need to hear it. There are, there are men from our Marine Corps, from Army, from Navy that have fought overseas and are languishing in Leavenworth with 20-year sentences for violating rules of engagement stipulated, put into place by Barack Hussein Obama, a man who's never handled any sort of real incident his entire freaking life. He's never, he's never answered a police call in his life, yet calls cops stupid. He's never been in a war zone. He's never done anything but be pampered his entire life and have his butt kissed and his boots licked his entire life. He sleeps like a baby spooning with his husband, Michelle, every night, sleeping like a baby, spooning with, 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 with his husband, Michelle. <laughs> with his husband Michael Obama <laughs> he doesn't care while these men sit in print they're not seeing their wives again ever they won't see their wife again they went in when they were 19 years old they're not going to see their kids again they're not going to see their parents again they're not going to see their brother or sister again until they're 50 and Barack and Michael every night Whisker on whisker crime. They don't care. Woo. Truth. Get out, cops. Go to a system. Go to a city. Go to a county that will support you and back you. You may have to take a pay cut. Radical times call for radical action. Lori Lightfoot, we've never seen times like this. Yeah, you're the idiot who caused them, moron. Now you're scared to death, aren't you? Yeah. Big Ten commissioner and chancellors cancel fall sports. Yay. Oh, nice job. The Big Ten's canceled all their sports. It's August. 99.9% survival rate. Cancel your sports. 0.1 post-infection death rate. Cancel your sports. 60 to 70% of all people who catch COVID never know they have it. The disease is so deadly you have to be tested to know whether you have it. 99% of all cases are mild. 60 to 70,000 worldwide cases are serious to critical right now. 60 to 70,000 worldwide out of 8 billion people. And you cancel all your sports in August. Oh, but there's nothing else to it, capitulating pastor. It's all about controlling a disease and keeping people safe. You really still think that? On day 159 of 15 days to, close the, close the, to uh, slow the spread? You still think that? Really? All right, here's another one. I, I just I went on a Citizen Martin Hyde rampage. Absolutely love this video. Of course, it's a Zoom meeting. Hey, put up that picture first because I want people to know who he's talking to. There you go. This is who he's talking to in the meeting. This is the city commissioners right here of Sarasota, not Sarasota County commissioners, the city of Sarasota commissioners. You see the date from two days ago, three days ago. This is a perfect summation, even though it's only talking about the city of Sarasota, a city of about 150,000 people, somewhere in that realm. The county of Sarasota is about 440,000 people. It's where I live. But this is a perfect summation of the COVID response. Play it for me. 
Medical expertise, stay in your lane and leave the big questions to the guy upstairs. Yeah, we're off time on it. Should start at 2.50. Oh, you know what? What the heck? <laughs> Is it? It's right back here. Yeah, it's reverse 250. There you go. Play it. Um, there we go. You know, our city just canceled its Christmas parade in mid-August. Uh, so let's be under no illusions over the path Sarasota's taken over the Chinese virus. One of you is a marketing consultant. Three of you are attorneys. Uh, and one of you is a former mailman. None of you, to my knowledge, has any medical training whatsoever, unless you have a Red Cross badge from the uh, scouts. Let's also be clear, there's no vaccine for COVID-19, and even if one was developed in six months, administering to even 50% of Americans would take a year if we inoculated 12 million a month, which is 10 minutes a shot, would be 2 million hours, which is 50,000 weeks at 40 hours per week. So we need a minimum of 100,000 medical professionals doing it full-time, which would be, FYI, 3% of our registered nurses in the United States for a whole year to do half assuming they're all willing to be guinea pigs and that the virus doesn't mutate, both of which are improbable. Meanwhile, our businesses are dying fast because of the additional directives you're imposing. Can't you see that the businesses will be dead long before any vaccine arrives? Do you not understand that the government is there to protect public health, not to guarantee it? Slowing the spread of a virus does not cure it. If we locked down again for three months, as soon as we open back up within three months, you're back to square one with a virus that has no antidote or vaccine. How long would you propose our kids to be off school? It's 24 weeks now, for those of you who don't have school-aged children, which none of you do, to my knowledge. City Hall has been closed for over 20 weeks, but there's no consequence for any of you inside you're all still getting paid full job. What about the single parents who can't work because the schools are closed? You think about the people whose incomes are in the hospitality field but disappear to places in the county that don't force people to act like sheep. The bottom line is you don't have a plan beyond having everyone wear a muzzle indefinitely, which is not gonna cure anything except our kids of a decent education and of our citizens of the means to feed themselves. Only God gives life, and only God takes it away. Stop with the faux medical expertise, stay in your lane, and leave the big questions to the guy upstairs. Uh, <laughs> I can't top that. I would top it, but there's nothing to say. That's a, the perfect summation of the COVID situation that we're in right They don't care. They're getting paid. Simple as that. Now, the lying never stops. With Joey Biden. The lying absolutely never stops. And I want to get these, I want to make sure that everybody knows about these things because it's going to be said, you will hear Joe Biden refer to Charlottesville and say that Trump said that there was great people on both sides of Charlottesville, Charlottesville, where you had the woman that was run over by a white supremacist. What he, what he meant was, I'll let the video explain it, but what he meant was there's two people on the sides of tearing down trophies, let me trophies, statues, tearing down statues. Some people are, no matter what the statue is, it needs to be taken. If it's going to be taken down, it needs to be taken down legally. Wonderful people on that side. And then he says there's wonderful people on the side that want to tear down statues. I disagree with that, but that's, all, that's what he said. But Joe Biden never stops lying about it. Play the video for me. 
do when he's in tip-top shape? Yeah, he lies. You remember what the president said when asked? He said there were, quote, very fine people on both sides. It was a wake-up call for us as a country, and for me, a call to action. That's a lie. He's talking about the president's reaction to Charlottesville. Yeah, very fine people on both sides. There were people on both sides of that debate. Some believe that Confederate war statues needed to be preserved. Very fine people. Uh, some people thought that they should be removed, those Confederate statues. Very fine people. Here's the president. But you also had people that were very fine people on both sides. Mm -hmm. Again, debating that issue. Now, seconds later, he made it very clear to everyone, seconds later, who he was not talking about. Fine people are not racists and neo-Nazis. He said that out loud. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. So when Joe says something like he did last night, it reminds me that the whole idea of his campaign, the reason for it, is a lie. So yeah, now I doubt everything. That's what Joe Biden said. That's the reason why he got in the campaign. When he heard that statement, he decided this is it. I have to go in. I have to go ahead and put my name in the you know, to in my name in the hat. So that his whole campaign is based on a lie, and he keeps espousing the lie over and over and over again. And I wanted you to see it. All right, from the Blaze, eight seventeen. For all my Disney fans out there. And I know you're going to come back at me because I'm a Hallmark fan. I get it. I'm, I know who's watching. And Walmart, I mean, Hallmark's doing this. Hallmark, Walmark, whatever. I don't know what's wrong with me. But Hallmark's going to end up doing the same thing. I know. I've heard. I get it. So don't send to me too. Or you can tell me in person tomorrow at church, whatever. But from the Blaze 817, Disney makes history with first bisexual lead character for for children's animated TV show. You can come at me all you want. Mine's not for kids. And I won't watch the Hallmark crap that's got bisexuals and homosexuals and all that stuff if they do end up doing it. This is a kid's show. Disney's, Disney makes history. Oh, glorious. How glorious. Makes history with first bisexual lead character for children's animated TV show. The show is called The Owl House. My buddy is frantically looking for it right now. A Disney Channel animated show for kids has reportedly made history by pushing a bisexual. There, you found it. I couldn't. You got it. I can't believe it. I couldn't get it. There's the picture. Girl on girl crime. By pushing a bisexual character as the show's lead, Variety reported. Dana Terrence, the show's creator, who is, of course, I put the of course is mine, not the blazes, who is, of course, bisexual herself, confirmed last week that Luz Nakoda, Nasida, or something like that, is, I guess that's the character, is, in fact, bisexual. She explained, I'm bi, exclamation mark, so it's, I'm bi, I want to write a bi character, and she uses the D word, D-mit, Luckily, my stubbornness paid off, and now I'm very supported by current Disney leadership. Congratulations. Awesome. Great job, Disney. Truly is unreal. All right, I got a lot more. You guys want me to keep going out there? Send me something. <laughs> I, got a lot. I got a whole stack of stuff. 
I can keep going for a while, so I'll see how interested you stay. All right, here we go. Martha McCallum. Now, this is all about kids. This is all about schools reopening. All about schools reopening. And I want you to hear, this is the, this is the leader or representative, I believe, leader of the NEA, the National Education Association, the biggest teachers union in the country. And I want you, Martha McCallum from Fox asks her a very poignant question. Listen for her, for her answer. It's unbelievable. Play the video for me. There's nothing like Sorry, being with the, right the teacher as opposed to being on a computer board. It's uh, been proven a lot better. It's a lot better. The iPads are wonderful, but you're not going to learn the same way you do by being there. So one of the nation of the nation's 25 largest school districts, I should say 20 are opting for remote learning only as their back to school model. Three are choosing a hybrid model, mixing remote and limited in-person learning. And only two are planning to be fully in person. And the incoming president of America's largest teachers union says that she will do what it takes to protect teachers and students by keeping them home. Becky Pringle, president-elect of the National Education Association, joins me now. Um, Be Becky Pringle, thank you very much for being here uh, tonight. Obviously, um, educating our children and making sure that they don't miss out on any more learning is the most important thing to all of the parents across the country. Um, I, I want to just put up on the screen, this is part of the NEA's guidance on reopening school buildings. Uh, and it says this, ensure that school building reopening plans are inclusive and equitable for all educators and students by humanizing learning environments and designing spaces that are situated in the experiences of communities of color, not just through white, cis, hetero, and able-bodied lens lenses. What, is, what does that mean? And what does that have to do with making sure that the kids and teachers don't give each other COVID-19? So I'm glad to be with you this evening. Let me begin by saying that as an educator with over 30 years of experience, I taught eighth grade science. That means nothing. I know because I've talked to teachers every single day. That means nothing. That they want to be with their students. Answer the question. They want to be in schools with their students. Answer the they question. They know that that interaction between them and their Still students and their, the and their colleagues is absolutely essential to the of learning of our students. But... We know to save the day. that she if our students are not safe, if we are costing lives by opening school buildings because we will not take the basic precautions to keep them safe, then we. But these have are not to basic sure precautions that, that are in your your own organization's sure guidelines. Talk about um, you know not just through a white cis hetero able bodied lens and designing spaces that are situated in the experiences. What is this? What is any of what I just read? have to do with what you just said. And this is one of the guidelines and, and demands of the NEA. Now you bring it back to me because it's just, a, she just rambles on again and doesn't answer the question at all. What does is, what is white cis hetero able body lens mean to COVID? They're allegedly, they're, she says, if kids' lives are a danger, right? We, we can't bring school, but I want everyone to hear what the statistics that Martha put out right before that. 20 of 25 schools, and, and the biggest school districts in the country are not opening at all. Two of them are going to do in-person classes only. Three of them are going to do some sort of hybrid between Zoom learning and in-person classes. 
20 out of 25. So really it's 23 out of the 25 largest school districts in the country are not opening because of COVID and the, the leader of the largest teachers union in the country, the incoming leader of the largest teachers union in the country was simply asked, what is white cis, cis hetero? And I can't even, I can't even use liberal vernacular able body lens and all their other garbage have to do with opening schools. Their other, I put down some other things that they've demanded defund the other teachers unions, defunding the police and healthcare for illegals. What does that have to do with keep keeping kids safe from COVID at all in any way, shape or form? She never answered. I, I want, you can feel free to watch the whole thing. It's very easy to find. It's on YouTube. Watch. So she never answers. There's no stipulation. She said, if we're not going to keep kids safe, then why reopen? Well, who's up to, who's it up to, to keep kids safe? Um, the school district. So when you say we, I guess you mean, since we are not going to do it, or she could just make it personal since I'm not going to do anything to keep kids safe. We're going to, we're going to keep it closed. So here's the deal. They say that it's all about the kids. Really? It's all about their safety. Really? It's all about the kids' safety, really, or, or, or the teacher's safety, really? Well, what is white, cis-hetero, able-bodied, seeing things through a white, cis-hetero, able-bodied lens mean? That you're not allowed to see it through a white, cis-hetero, able-bodied lens. What does that have to do with COVID-19 at all? Never says a word about it. Never says anything about the science of kids. Put up that first slide for me. Here's the science. Now, this only runs through June 17th, but it's only gotten worse for anybody that's thinking that kids are some sort of significant vector of COVID-19 because they absolutely are not. Here you are. Here's the here's U.S. deaths from coronavirus by age group. COVID-19 deaths under one year, eight, one to four, five, five to 14, 13, 15 to 24, 125 total. There you go. You can bring it back to me. So why are you not opening schools? Why, where was that? Why was that not mentioned with the head of the largest teachers union in the country? Why didn't she mention any of that? Who, I mean, who's at risk really? The numbers, according to major health organizations, I'll read this to you. Only approximately 2.5% of people who have had COVID so far are children. 2.5%. In turn, only 2.5% of children that have contracted COVID-19 have gotten critically ill. This is only 0.06% of the total COVID illness in our 23, well, 23 out of the 25 largest school districts in the country are not going to open for that 0.06 of total illnesses are children. Uh, why are you not opening? Here's the mortality rate in the United States. Age 85 and older make up 3.2% of the U.S. population, but one-third of all COVID deaths, people 85 and older. So the threat to the threat in schools is to who? How many people are 85 and older at, let's just say, Democratic Party Elementary School 1? I, I, I mean, obviously I spent, you know, age, I don't know, 4 through 22 all the way through college and school. I don't recall ever having an 85-year-old teacher or 85-year-old classmates, ever. So they're not at risk. So here's the next stat. Age 75 and older make up 7% of the United States population, but 59% of all COVID deaths. 
age 55 and younger make up 70% of the U.S. population, but only 8% of the COVID deaths. Oh, strap the mask on. Close the schools and keep them closed. Deaths do not even register. They're not even statistically able to be recognized until age 15 to 24. So anybody under the age of 15 doesn't even show up on diagnostic statistics. Most kids, dummies, going to school are younger than 15. Deaths do not register, including, she said, I was an eighth grade teacher for 30 years. Yeah, how old are eighth graders? 13. Deaths do not even register until age 15 to 24. And even then, kids K through 12 make up 0.2% of the population. Kids K... Kids K through college undergraduate, according to data released by the CDC, are in no danger. I repeat, no danger of dying of COVID-19. K through college, no danger. So who are they protecting? What they're protecting is their own money, their own lazy garbage. They're lazy. They're freaking lazy. They don't want to go back to work because they can sit at home and do nothing all day. And do an occasional Zoom class with their kids. I'm not talking about all teachers. I know. I know there's teachers watching. If you're not lazy, I'm not talking about you. There's lazy pastors. And I, before I was a cop, there's lazy cops. Okay? There you go. And here's my concession for you. But that's part of what it is. They're lazy. They've been, even, they've been caught before. I brought in the articles before from a couple weeks ago. Teachers don't want to go back and even do Zoom classes. They don't want to go back at all. But what do they not what do they not want to miss out on? Their paychecks. They think they'll always be there. You, you know, you keep locking down all these businesses and these and how do teachers get paid? They get paid. I don't know how anybody doesn't see big picture or long view. If you're a teacher and you're for all these COVID lockdowns, you get paid via tax dollars. Tax dollars come from individuals and businesses. If they're locked down and they're no longer paying taxes, how do you think you're going to get paid? Well, the government's going to print it. And they are printing it. $9 billion a day. Yeah. Yeah, the largest landowner in the United States of America is the Federal Reserve because they own so much mortgage debt and corporate debt and government debt. $9 billion a day they're printing. How much longer do you think that's going to last? Teach? Huh? How much longer? You might want to get back to work. And there's absolutely no threat to you. It's absolute. I mean, again, 99.9, unless you're 85, 75 or above, the average age of death in America of COVID-19 is 78. The average age of death in America every year is 78. Get your butt back in the classroom. Do what you're supposed to do. But that's not what it's about. It's typical Democratic Party. Whatever it is, you need to know this. Whatever the Democratic Party is accusing you of doing, they're doing every single time. All right. The media is all in. You need to know that the media is all in. The media is corrupt. The media is the Democratic Party and the media is Joe Biden. Play this video for me from Bongino. Seconds for the sake of time for the show. This is a devastating montage of all of Biden's atrocious gaffes from his racial gaffes to his documented lies 
And I want you to listen to the media afterwards covering every single time Joe Biden has screwed up massively. Check this out. First mainstream African-American yeah. who is articulate and bright and clean and nice-looking guy. I mean, it's, that's a storybook, man. Yeah. There is a part of Biden that feels more Reagan-esque that way. You're like, ah, it's Grandpa. It's Uncle Joe. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Those oh-that-Joe moments are part of his political charm. I'm beginning to see why your wife left you. So much of what is appealing about him to a lot of voters is the fact that he's authentic. I got hairy legs. The fact that he doesn't yeah. always seem scripted. The kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down. Your AR-14s are working. Okay, this is not okay. Hold on, hold on. All right. Hey, let's you want to Biden yesterday uh, showed the other side of his humanity, uh, and that is he's a fighter. You're full and some people see that as charming, a candidate who's willing to air it out face-to-face -face with a guy. This is going to be a net plus for Joe Biden. Ashton Carter, Joe Biden, the vice president, was swearing him in to be defense secretary. He waved his wife over and a uh, oh, little hands-on treatment from oh, the vice president. Everybody knows he's a touchy-feely guy, and he's just very friendly. He is. He was reportedly comforting her after she fell on ice. It's bread and love. Kuhn said Maggie was not uncomfortable at all. <laughs> They're going to put you all back in chains. He's making an historic reference he may not have been right to do, but it certainly wasn't malignant. I'm not even sure it had any anything to do with race. Play the radio. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. Still, he is a master of the quick recovery. Make sure the kids hear words. These qualities are almost endearing to voters. We choose truth over facts. They find him more believable because he makes missteps every so often all right chuck thank you very much uh, all right uh, it's chris I but mean, anyway chris. <laughs> back to me <laughs> it's all about character right that's joe biden it's all about science all about compassion all about decency right that's 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 joe biden right that's what it's all about with the guy you know the interesting thing about it is was that the video from 9 14 play the bring the one up yeah, play that one for me. Get it, well, get it ready for me. It's all about those things. And, you know, I wanted you to, to see this video of what is a brief snippet from his acceptance speech at the DNC. And then we're going to close out the night. I wanted to show you some stuff about the Biden family. And you really need to see it. Play that video for me. Voting for you. Check this out. Character is on the ballot. Compassion is on the ballot. Decency science, democracy, they're all on the ballot. Who we are as a nation, what we stand for, and most importantly, who we want to be, that's all on the ballot. And the choice could not be more clear. Yeah, choice is pretty clear, Joe, if it's about character and decency, and that choice isn't you. <laughs> Back so to Wall me. Street. Character, science, compassion, decency, that's what he named, right? So let's look at this. I want you to look at this stuff. Joe said that he marched in the civil rights movement. He said that bold faced lie. Number two, he said that he was shot at in Iraq. Bold faced lie. He said he was arrested trying to see Nelson Mandela. Bold faced lie. He said he was arrested on the Senate floor. Bold faced lie. Said, said he graduated at the top of his law school class. He graduated 76, 76, out of 85 bullface lie 
He said he graduated with three degrees. He graduated with one. He said he was on a full scholarship. He was on a partial scholarship. He plagiarized Neil Kennick's speech and Bobby Kennedy's speech and didn't, didn't give them any credit during the speech. Now, this is from the New York Post. You guys need to know this stuff. You really do. It's important. This, I'm stealing this from Dan Bongino because I listen to him all the time. It's not about trying to win a hardcore liberal. They're gone, folks. No, Nobody's passed redemption, but they're gone. You're trying to win the people in between that'll make decisions in life about who to vote for and what to do and who to support in the future. That's who you got to have information from the New York Post. This is from earlier this year. The Biden family's apparent self-enrichment involves five family members. Remember what Joe Biden said. Where's that list? I got the list right here. It's all about characters on the ballot. Science is on the ballot. Compassion is on the ballot. Decency is on the ballot. Democracy is on the ballot. All from Joe Biden. That's what he said. The Biden family's apparent self-enrichment involves five family members. Joe's son, Hunter. Son-in-law, Howard. Brothers, James and Frank. And sister, Valerie. I'm going to go through as much of this as I can. James Biden's up first. There he is. If he lost 47 pounds, he'd look exactly like Joe. Exactly, be twin brothers. James Biden was joining Hillstone. That's a firm, just as the firm was starting negotiations to win a massive war-torn, uh, win a massive contract in war-torn Iraq. Six months later, the firm announced a contract to build 100,000 homes. It was part of a $35 billion, 500,000 unit project deal won by Track Development, a South Korean company. Hillstone, which is James, Jill, James Biden, also received $22 million U.S. federal government contract. A $22 million U.S. federal government contract to manage a construction contract, a construction project for the State Department. Who was vice president during this time? Joey Biden. David Richter, a son of the parents, parent company's founder, was not shy in explaining Hillstone's success in securing government contracts. It really helps, he told investors at a private meeting, to have the brother of the vice president as a partner, according to someone who was there. A group of minority partners, including James Biden, stood to split about $735 million. There's plenty of money for everyone if this project goes through, said one company official. Joe Biden was the vice president and his brother was securing a major contract in Iraq at the time to rebuild in war-torn Iraq. We all know about the next one. Hunter Biden. With the election of his father as vice president, Hunter Biden launched businesses fused to his father's power that led him to lucrative deals with a, with a rogue gallery of governments and oligarchs around the world. Sometimes he would hitch a prominent ride with his father aboard Air Force Two to visit a country where he was courting businesses. We all know about Burisma Holdings, natural, natural gas and oil company, right? In Iraq, what what does let, let's ask these questions? Does Hunter Biden speak Ukrainian? Absolutely not. Does he have any sort of expertise in natural gas or oil? Absolutely not. But every single month, by sitting on the board of Burisma, he received fifty three thousand dollars a month to himself personally, 
And Rosemont Seneca, his firm, received a total of $3 million. Now, who was Barack Obama's attache representative to the country of Ukraine? Joe Biden himself. Now, what happened? Burisma ends up, I can't get into a whole lot of details tonight, but Burisma ends up under Ukrainian federal investigation for corruption. The person heading up that investigation was a righteous prosecutor by the name of Victor Shokin. Look what Joe Biden did to him. Play that video for me. It'll come in. Just everyone deal with the silence. We're all right. There you go. Um, I remember going over convincing our team, our <clears throat> others, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, right, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "Nah." I said, "I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said, call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, "You're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here." And I think it was what six hours. I looked. I said, "I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money." Oh, son of a bitch! <laughs> Got fired, and they put in place someone who was solid. Back to me. Yeah, somebody who was solid that was no longer going to invest to investigate Barisma, the company that his son sat on the board of and was receiving fifty thousand, fifty-three thousand dollars a month from, and three million dollars total from. But you know, don't worry about it, Joe. You can you can trust old Smoke and Joe, right? In China, we're still on Hunter. Stay with Hunter with me. You can flash his picture up and down so everybody knows who I'm talking. Now on to China. From Peter Schweitzer and the New York Post. Trained as a lawyer, Hunter, at Yale, Hunter had, pri- had primarily worked as a lobbyist and consultant. His previous foray into financial services, Paradigm Global Advisors, was linked to Stanford Financial, a multi-billion dollar Ponzi scheme. There's Hunter. In 2009, Hunter co-founded a new venture, Rosemont Seneca Partners. Rosemont and Hunter were given extraordinary opportunities in China while his father was vice president. Here are some key facts. Joe Biden met with Hunter by Hunter's Chinese partners days before they established a new investment firm. In December 2013, Hunter landed in Beijing aboard Air Force Two, accompanying his father on an official visit to China. Why would he be doing that? I don't know. Less than two weeks later, Hunter's company, Rosemont Seneca, became a partner in a new investment company backed by the state-owned Bank of China. Christening the new firm, Bohai Harvest RST, BHR, the partners set out to raise $1 billion for the new fund. Representatives of the Biden family have denied any connection between the vice president's visit and Hunter's business, even though they flew over on the same plane at the same time. And it happened two weeks later. But there's nothing to see here, folks. Media don't pay any attention. Just make sure you impeach the president of the United States for a phone call. 
However, a BHR representative told the New Yorker earlier this year that Hunter used the opportunity to introduce his father to Chinese private equity executive Jonathan Lee, who became CEO of BHR Hunter's business after the deal's conclusion. There it is. And that ended up with $1.5 billion, $1.5 billion deal going to Hunter Biden two weeks after he flew over on Air Force Two with his father. All right, onward to Ashley Biden and her husband, Dr. Howard Klein. There they are. It would be a dream for any New York Post, for any new company to announce their launch in the Oval Office of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. That'd be nice. Tom Lipley podcast launching from the Oval Office. That'd be great. Startup Health is the name of their business. It's an investment consultancy based out of New York City. And in June 2011, the company barely had a website. The firm was the brainchild of three siblings from Philadelphia. Stephen Klein is CEO and co-founder, while his brother, Dr. Howard Klein, serves as the chief medical officer, and that is Ashley Biden's husband. Sister Barre serves as the firm's chief strategy officer. A friend named Unity Stokes is the co-founder and serves as president. Startup Health was barely up and running when in June 2011, Joe Biden is vice president. Two of the company's executives were ushered in to the Oval Office of the White House. They met with President Barack Obama and Vice President Joe Biden. The following day, the new company would be featured at a large health tech conference being run by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and startup health executives became regular visitors to the White House attending events in 2011, 14, and 15. How did startup health gain access to the highest levels of power in Washington? There was nothing particularly unique about the company, but for this, the chief medical officer of Startup Health, Howard Crine, is married to Joe Biden's youngest daughter, Ashley. Next up is Frankie Biden. There he is. No, he's not up yet. There's Frank. Put him up. There's Frank Biden. You trust that guy, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you just trust that guy with anything? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, just, yeah. I trust him with all my money right now. Yeah. Here's Frank Biden. In late 2009, Vice President Joe Biden landed in Costa Rica aboard Air Force Two. Always a dangerous proposition when Joey is landing anywhere in his personal chauffeured jet, Air Force Two, to conduct family business. And went to Costa Rica, presidential, and went to the Costa Rican presidential palace. For, wow, Costa Rica is a presidential palace. All right, for a one-on-one with President Oscar Arias. The Biden visit had symbolic significance. The last time a high-ranking American, listen closely to this now, the last time a high-ranking American official had visited the country was back in 1997. So now 11 years since an American high-ranking official had been in Costa Rica when Bill Clinton had come. I wonder if they, I wonder if that was, I wonder if Jeffrey Epstein had a camp in Costa Rica too when Bill Clinton was there. All right, Joe Biden's trip to Costa Rica came at a fortuitous time for his brother, Frank. Frank, so shocking, who was busy working deals in the country. Oh, get back to me real quick. So all of a sudden, we've had an 11-year absence out of Costa Rica. Frank Biden is working deals in Costa Rica. And lo and behold, the vice president of the United States of America flies down to Costa Rica for a visit on Air Force Two. Just happens to coincide with his brother starting businesses down there after an 11-year United States absence. 
just months after Vice President Biden's visit in August, Costa Rica News, just months after Costa Rica News announced a new multilateral partnership to reform real estate in Latin America among freight Biden, a developer named Greg Williamson, and the Canasta Country Club, a newly formed, newly planned resort. The partnership, which appears to be ongoing, was wrapped in a beautiful package as a call on resources available to the companies and individuals to reform social, economic, and environmental practices of real estate developers across the world. By example, Frank's vision for a country club in Costa Rica received support from the highest levels of the Costa Rican government, despite his lack of expertise in building such developments. He met with the Costa Rican ministers of education and and energy and environment, as well as the president of the country. On October 4th, 2016, the Costa Rican Ministry of Public Education signed a letter of intent with Frank's company, SunFund Americas. Oh boy. The country involved, the, the project involved allowing a company called Go Solar to operate solar powered facilities in Costa Rica. The previous year, the Obama Biden administration's OPIC had authorized a $6.5 million taxpayer backed loan for the project. So Joe greases the skids for his brother, then sends taxpayer dollars down to it. Amazing. After Joe Biden brought together leaders from the Caribbean Energy Security Initiative, Brother Frank's firm, Sun Fund, Fund, Americas, announced that it was engaged in projects and is in in negotiations with governments of other countries in the Caribbean region for both its solar and waste to to energy development services as if to push the idea along the Obama administration's OPEC provided a $47.5 million loan to support the construction of a 20 megawatt solar facility in Clarendon, Jamaica. Frank Biden's Sun Fund Americas later announced that it had signed a power purchase agreement to build 20 megawatt solar, 20 megawatt solar facility in Jamaica. Let, Let me say that again. Obama administration's OPIC provided 47.5, a $47.5 million loan to support the construction of a 20 megawatt solar facility in Jamaica. Frank Biden's Sun Fund Americas later announced that it had signed a power purchase agreement to build a 20 watt solar facility in Jamaica. All Joe Biden does is loot other countries for his family last one valerie biden owens she's on the far right in the blue and this is exactly what uh, bernie sanders does with his wife bernie sanders's wife runs his ad campaigns his media so when they buy 10 million dollars of media 10 percent of that goes to who the person who's in charge of your media operations And that's all run out of a P.O. box assigned to their friends in Virginia. So whenever, so what Bernie does is puts his wife in charge of buying media. So she's in the role of a consultant firm. The consultant firm has some funky name and has a P.O. box assigned to their friends in Virginia. So she gets 10% of all the money that people send into Bernie Sanders that they spend on ads. So they get millions. 
Because if you buy $10 million worth of ads and you get 10%, you get a million dollars for Bernie Sanders. Well, listen to what Valerie Biden does. During his years in the Senate, Biden's family benefited financially in other ways as he leveraged political power. Joe's sister, Valerie, ran all of his Senate campaigns as well as his presidential runs in 1988 and 2008. But she was also a senior partner in a political messaging firm named Joe Slade White and Company. The only two executives listed, and remember, this is a firm now, this is a firm, but the only two executives listed at the firm were Joe... Joe Slade White and Valerie herself. That's quite the firm they got going there with two people. The firm received large fees from the from the Biden campaigns that Valerie was running. Two and a half million dollars in consulting fees flowed to her firm. Remember her two person firm. So she's really doing the same thing that Bernie Sanders' wife does. You get consulting fees. So all the money going into the Biden campaign. That all the middle class people are sending 40, 50, 60 bucks, whatever, to the Biden campaign. Well, his sister gets a consulting fee of that money. It's all legal, I guess. Gets a, just, like, just like Bernie Sanders, is they enrich themselves. These alleged socialists who want everybody to be middle class, middle class, and they hate rich people, they themselves, have you ever noticed, are always multimillionaires? Bernie Sanders, multimillionaire. Nancy Pelosi, multimillionaire. Joe Biden, his family is multimillionaires. I don't know about how it all gets back to him. If it does, I don't know. But he definitely enriches all of his relatives. Absolutely. All right, last thing I'm going to show you tonight. You got to see this. It's just, it's too good not to show you. I call it cringe of Palooza. It's Julia Louise Dreyfus, Elaine on Seinfeld. And this is at the DNC. That's not the right video. You know that, right? <laughs> Are we lost? It's a video for Julia Louise Dreyfus and Andrew Yang. Uh, it's on the Bongino. It starts at 517. All right. There we go. I call this cringe Palooza. It is the most cringy video I've ever seen. Play it for me. So here's a, it's, it's trying, they're trying to do some kind of a toss and they're trying to make it funny. So Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who's supposed to be funny, trying to toss it to Yang, and this thing just descends into the cringiest moment I think I've ever seen at a political invention, up convention. <laughs> Check this out. Hey, Julia. <laughs> Hi, Andrew. I'm so glad to see you. Woo! So what did you think about Kamala Harris's speech last night? It was tremendous. I was so happy for her. I know, me too. She's fabulous. I cannot wait to see her debate our current vice president, Mika Pints. Or uh, is it paints? It's pronounced ponce, I believe. Oh, some kind of weird foreign name. Oh, this is hysterical. Yeah, not very American sounding. Oh, well, yeah, that's, that's what people are saying strongly. Well, uh, thank you, Andrew. And please give my regards to the gang. I will. They're right in the next room. Have a great night, Julia. Right, thank you so me. much. That's the best you have. I mean, and listen, like I said on Thursday, it's time for a mass exodus, folks. If you, you know, you see people like that, like Julia Louise Dreyfus, Eva Longoria was there earlier in the week and the other numerous Hollywood Democratic supporters. If they're going to put their names on the baby butcherers, the gay marriage supporters, the communists and the socialists, it's time for us to stop paying for tickets to watch them. It really is. 
it's time for a mass exodus. I'm never going back to the to the NFL, to the NHL for their kneeling, disrespecting our troops, our law enforcement, disrespecting our constitution, taking a knee to the flag. I'm never going back. It's time for a mass exodus from Hollywood. It's time for for our dollars to go somewhere that counts. Now let me show you this as we leave tonight. <laughs> This was the, I don't know how many of you saw this. Hopefully not many of you, because if you did, you lost brain cells. But this is the best the Democratic Party has to offer. This was their video, their music video that they used to close out the night on day one of the DNC. Now, I want you to notice that this level of technology was available to me. Back in 1982, when I was in the 10th grade and had a Commodore 64 that I really didn't know how to use except to play asteroids on, but that I could have made this video at my, like I could not figure out how to scroll on an iPad an hour and a half ago. I could have made this video play it for me. But it is ain't exactly clear. There's a man with a gun over there telling me I got to be well. Think it's time we start. Children, what's that sound? Everybody, look what's going down. Oh my. I can't bear anymore. Bring it back to me. Whew, that's the best they had to offer. That's the Democratic Party. Now, RNC, if you're now, I know that I'm not exactly, you know, reaching the millions here. I'm just saying, if anybody in the RNC sees this, please do better than that. So that we have bragging rights, please do better than that. Whenever the RNC launches and and closes at the end of the night, let's do way, way better than that. All right, three three, eight five South Access Road, right there, Foundation Church, Inglewood, Florida. If you're within driving range, Google us right now. See if you're within driving range. Join us tomorrow. Do not miss nine a.m. and eleven fifteen a.m. Don't miss. Be here if you can be here. Don't go back. To your weak need, capitulating, non-Bible-based church, don't go back. If they ever close their doors, if they ever lock down, if the pastor came out and said, I was wrong, I never should have capitulated, I never should have locked down, great, go back to the guy. I'm just saying if they haven't, then they're just talking and making excuses, and this is a hard time for us right now, and there's never an admission of any wrongdoing, that is the wrong place for you. Google us, find out where we are, join us tomorrow. I'd love to meet you. I'll see you at the door. I will meet you if you come. So be here tomorrow, 9 a.m. or 11, 15 a.m., 3385 South Access Road, Inglewood, Florida. If not, join us online. 
We're starting with we the church service starts at 11:15. I'll be on preaching at about noon. That's the one that we're live streaming. So join me. I'll be preaching at noon live. So join us if you really want. And listen, I, like I said earlier, it's time for radical actions, radical times. Don't, it's better to just join me than it is to go and watch some weak kneed pathetic church taking temperatures and wearing masks and social distancing. Don't do it. It's time for radical action. It really is. If you're in the Tampa area, go to the River Church with Rodney Howard Brown. If you're near me, come to me. Seriously, let's fill this place. Let's pray, everybody. Ready? Lord, we pray over our country. First of all, we pray over President Trump. We ask you, Lord, to continue to guide him. I know that the lights are coming on. I know that he's seeing the truth about COVID-19. Continue to give him revelation knowledge. For those in the paths of any storms right now, the hurricanes that are threatening the Gulf of Mexico, I pray over each and every state. Holy Spirit, I ask you to weaken those storms. Make them so that they will do no damage, none, and cost no lives. Lord, we ask in Jesus' name and for tomorrow, for all the Christians that are watching, draw them to where you want them to be. I know there's many that can't come here. I know that, Lord, draw them to where you want them to be. Open up the doors, Lord, for them. Open up the doors for them to be ministered to. Open up the doors for them to minister. Lord, I pray in a rise of new, a revival of new, a, a resurrection of new churches out there that preach the gospel, that aren't afraid of the government, that preach hellfire and brimstone, that aren't afraid of offending. Lord, I pray that into our country, a revival, a revelation, a resurgence, a renewal of Bible-based Christianity. Lord, I pray that into our country and our churches in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said amen and amen. If you can be here, I'd love to meet you tomorrow. God bless you. Have a great Saturday night.